Warning, today's podcast may include extreme amounts of oil industry propaganda, thrilling live descriptions of comic book panels you can't see, and multiple references to Disney Parks and Resorts head Bob Chapek. All this and twisting, turning discussion of Epcot Center's Universe of Energy. Strap in and enjoy Podcast the Ride. Welcome to Podcast the Ride, the only theme park podcast with very mild profanity. I'm Jason Sheridan. Oh, I'm Scott Gardner. Yeah, you're supposed to say joining me is is are my co-hosts, well, Michael, and then we say hello. Fine. I thought you would just jump in. But also, <laughs> taking the cue, you were supposed to say your name, which you yeah. still have neglected to do. I screwed up. My name is Mike Carlson. Sure uh, is. And I'm coming in hot. Yeah, and we're a part of Feral Audio, home of the Doughboys and Teen Creeps and many other fine podcasts. And today we're going to talk about the universe of energy and all its many incarnations. Yeah, I, I was I was thinking this is appropriate for for a few reasons. One that we're we're covering a couple of the rides that have uh, disappeared in the very recent past. We just did the Great Movie Ride, and now yeah. we're now we're off to this. Also, we've had a a couple of guests lately. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Mike Mitchell and old uh, old Bugsy Bones, who uh, the, oh, the skeleton man, who man hijacked who, our yeah. unfortunately hijacked our last, last podcast. podcast. Uh, uh, sorry about that, everybody. Everybody. But now we're we've we've come back around to a, a topic that is so dry that we yeah. would scarcely uh, force a guest to discuss it with us. Right. It's, I, it's better. Good, it's good that we're getting back to the Trinity. You know, the three of us. <laughs> that's what I like to call it. Isn't that what they call Batman, Superman, and, and Wonder, Wonder Woman? Woman? The also, Trinity? the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a good point. Yeah, is there is a sort of is there a Disney uh, Trinity? I'm scanning my head right, now, and there's four Disney parks, so that's that doesn't in Disney World. That's that doesn't work. Um, there's um, Mickey, Minnie, and Tron. <laughs> it goes Mickey, Minnie, and Tron. <laughs> the three primary characters. Yeah, everyone's favorites. Is the Disney lineage. Or in uh-huh. Japan, it's Duffy, Shelly Mae, and, and Tippy J- Blue. And Tippy Blue, their mailman bird. <laughs> <laughs> to tell the audience what we might be talking about, those yeah. are the most popular characters in Disney in uh, Japan. In Tokyo, Disney. Like they beat Mickey. It's this bear named Duffy. He has no personality to speak of. He was yeah. just trying to rip off Build-A-Bear, and he is so hot in Japan, it's crazy. He's got little outfits. He's adorable. Look him up. And he's got, there's another, there's a rabbit, right? Like, he has a rabbit friend now? Uh, him yeah. and Shelly May are in a poly thing with a rabbit. Like so Duff- a, <laughs> They have <What>? a third. <laughs> now so I'm Duffy interested. and Shelly May are bears, and then they introduce Tippy Blue, who's a little bird, who's their mailman. And then they have a friend named Gelatoni, who's an Italian painter cat. Yeah, he uses. And then his, there's uh, another character who's a rabbit that I'm forgetting I don't remember her name. The We're gonna name. do a whole episode on Duffy at a certain point, but yeah, we are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Maybe that'll be me when alone. Gets, in I am sick. When, whatever week that is. If Scott gets the flu this flu season, <laughs> we'll do a um, lineage of Duffy the Disney Bear. Feel free to like parents going out of town. Uh, you guys do whatever you want. Uh, we but... just tank the podcast by talking about the uh, stuffed animal universe that is Duffy. And the friends. seven and a half hour edition mm-hmm. that is entirely Duffy. Um, 
So. Well, uh, yeah, that's that's uh, one bit of dry Arcania, and we're yeah. talking about another one today, the yeah. uh, the Universe of Energy, one of the original Epcot attractions from 1982, shifted gears in 1996 and became Ellen's Energy Adventure, uh, and is about to shift gears again uh, and become the, uh, uh, the potentially a Guardians of the Galaxy uh, mm-hmm. attraction. That's mm-hmm. the overall what we're looking yeah. at. Possibly the most insidious of the original Epcot Future World uh, pavilions. Yeah. The most sinister. Well, and for what reason? Be- um, uh, for, <laughs> for the sponsorship of Exxon, mm-hmm. <laughs> like the the how much uh, fossil fuel industry talking points this ride is. I mean, mm-hmm. for the time, I get they they do talk in the original ride a lot about like hydropower and solar power and wind power. They pay some was... good lip service to future things that they will lobby against happening. Yeah. It's basically <laughs> yeah. what happens. Also, like, with this opening in 82, like, Exxon was already doing research on climate change and, like, had pretty much figured out, like, all of the major oil companies had pretty much figured out that climate change was real. Yes, hmm. and I read 1978 they knew, and this thing opens in 1982. <laughs> 82. Oh my so they knew... <laughs> And then they, they sponsored this right till 2004, and even yeah. on, even on the second version of it, there's stuff like, "Oh, isn't it fun to drill? Like, <laughs> drilling is fun." There is there is a part uh, in the remake, and we'll get into it with with Ellen and Bill Nye, where Ellen says, well, "Why don't we just make everything solar?" And Bill Nye says, "Hang on, Ellen, <laughs> um, Ellen, Jesus." <laughs> today's like most one of the most prominent climate change activists, Bill Nye, the science guy. We'll get yeah. into him later like, too. What was that? I said we'll get into him later too. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy! Oh the. Gloves are off in this episode. Uh, um, is there a way for th- this one of anything we've talked about feels like a ride that uh, potentially listeners might not know? Is there what's like the quickest way to explain? What uh, so this it's is? an opening day. It's an opening attraction day for Epcot Center. It's a moving theater. It's like you get into these cars that that essentially make a theater, and then they move like through dioramas and then they shift into like individual cars they shift into a line and kind of come back to the theater set up at the end of the ride. and in the middle you uh you go through this like kingdom of the dinosaurs so if you have vague recollection of a disney world trip yeah. where you went through a a, a dinosaur world that them might because that's the probably thing. the only thing you remember is yep. the dinosaur yeah. robots? And because if you looked at old, great. like if you looked at old Epcot Center maps, there'd maybe be a little cartoon dinosaur poking up out of the roof of the thing, which was like the encouragement for uh, for kids to come in because they were not necessarily thrilled by discussion of turbines and uh, uh, you know shale and set an eighties seventies eighties easy listening music that mm-hmm. like well, soundtrack the ride. <laughs> that stuff is good though. Yeah, I'll that, argue that, that was all one that of my highlights in checking it out again. That's actually the best. That's my favorite part of the ride from re-examining it today. So there's multiple. Those... There's the like energy. Like I feel like we should do a mystery science theater sort of thing where just throughout the ride we just start all singing energy. <laughs> I have. I downloaded like there's three different versions. Right. Really? There are three different songs, mm-hmm. and they're all tremendous. And we will get. Maybe I guess I'll play them. There's an opening at the opening day ceremonies. Uh, a bunch of people come out dressed in all white and do a choreographed it's, number and sing one of the songs. It's incredible because like Exxon employees and like CEO or whatever get up there and they speak about this and enjoy the ride. And then like a bunch of people in white jumpsuits and like a very like ABBA esque 
yeah. like dance medley start doing the song. Like a 70s variety show breaks out around these like very stiff suits. Giant like butterfly wing type. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a little bit uh, more spare than that. Mm-hmm. They don't have a lot of uh, production, but the, <laughs> but it is in that realm. That is in the, in the zone. This is an area, by the way, that I, I imagine you guys have watched a lot of these too. They're, like as theme park nerds, we are versed in the area of uh, ride opening ceremonies. And there's a lot of like really grainy, bad videos of these things on YouTube. Like here's like the uh, an awkward little ceremony where like Mickey Mouse hands the keys to Star Wars, to Star Tours <laughs> over to C-3PO and <laughs> Darth Vader tries to interrupt it. But then all the characters, uh, uh, I don't know, ask him to leave and he does. Uh, uh, there's, a, there's a lot of great uh, little like, uh, there's a really good one for uh, Back to the Future, uh, the there's a very awkward opening ceremony for uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. Yeah, they're still, recently, yeah. they're still doing these like bad, like awkward things where like there's you're like, oh, is the collector going to come out? And then it's just it is Benicio del Toro, but he's not in his costume, and he's like, are you expecting someone? And then everyone's kind of confused. As yeah, to what's you were happening. expecting collector Benicio del Toro, and you got like three Heinekens deep Benicio <laughs> del Toro, like yeah. his other project, <laughs> wandered on stage, hey. and, like no one's quite sure what to do. And then head of Parks and Resorts, Bob Chapik, is up there, <laughs> and he's not the greatest speaker in the world. Yeah, they set up a story that, like, you are now in the story of the ride, and then some executives talk to you, and then you get back into the story of the ride. Yeah, characters and... from Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. come out, speak to you, introduce resorts head Bob Chapek, and then, <laughs> and like, all of the care, all of the real actors who played the characters next to iterations of the characters, these things are always so confusing. You never see, like, we're the deepest of nerds, and we only sort of know about these. Uh, like, I, it's it's hard to tell. It's not like they go viral, you know what I mean? Like, no. you gotta see what happened at the opening of uh, uh, Luigi's Flying Tires. Uh, Local like, contest winner's thrill as Bob Chapek <laughs> takes the stage. I went, oh, I saw a really sad one for uh, the opening of uh, uh, so the reopening of Soak City, which is the Knott's Berry Farm. Oh, right. Theme park, uh-huh. and there was a very stiff little ceremony where, like, the mayor of Buena Park shakes hands with us with the Snoopy uh, <laughs> uh, walk around character, and then, you know, a tiny amount of confetti goes off, and uh, Snoopy gives as big of a thumbs up <laughs> as he can in his constricted suit. Uh, I'm a fan of these. I now oh, yeah. I want to watch like all. Them. We should have, we should review them all on a future episode. Well, I also really like, and I don't know if they still, I don't think they do these much anymore, but it was like, a big thing on ABC and the Disney Channel in the 90s of like a special about the ride. We talked about the Indiana Jones one on that episode, mm-hmm. but like the Tower of Terror one with Kirk Cameron is also something to watch. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Living Seas with John Ritter. Um, yeah, they used to yeah. have enough like promotional budget to do an individual special for every single ride that opened. I'm sure yeah. they'll do one for Star Wars Land too. They'll probably mm-hmm. be like an ABC special. Oh, yeah. They did get it. Harrison Ford to introduce like footage of it at whatever whatever special that was. Oh somewhere. yeah, there was like a Disneyland thing on like ABC, and we watched it, and it was it was live from the Kodak Theater, or whatever <laughs> that's called now. Yeah. Um, oh, you should enjoy that. An all new oh, galaxy man. opens of uh, delight and fun. What soon will enough. what will await you <laughs> up in the galaxy's edge? Assuming look. I do not perish in a flight in the near future, <laughs> I look forward to look out for replicants. <laughs> oh fuck, wrong. 
<laughs> Wrong project, goddamn. <laughs> Callista, I need the copy. <laughs> Why does Callista have the copy? <laughs> I, she was just helping out. She was just like got roped into helping. Print yeah. it in a bigger font next time, damn it. I don't want to look at it on the iPad. I like a paper copy. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I learned my blood dialogue for witness, and it's how I'm going to do this. I think this is the second time we've done a riff on Harrison Ford's voice. I think we did it in Indy Daniel Jones yeah. ride too, where he was announcing the holidays. Uh, the old uh, Harrison, we love him. So um, yeah, uh, the ride video is something to watch for for the open. I mean, the excuse me, the opening of video of this, the opening of, of the universe yeah, yeah. of energy. Oh, here's what I'm going to say about this ride in general. This is the first time where doing the research for the attractions that we talk about has felt like work. This was yes. so yeah. arduous because there's two rides, both of them 45 minutes long so or so. Long. Like I a feature dr- film to watch <laughs> these oh, videos. Man. If you put them together, it'd be about the length of this podcast. Uh, um, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll accept with like much more giant holes of silence. Uh, it's like the slowest narrator and then like a 15-minute little slow jaunt through Dinosaur, dinosaur World with no dialogue, no music. Uh, these things were <laughs> such slogs, both, both versions of the yeah, yeah, I, I think, though, the, the attraction itself is like a great illustration of the evolution from like the original vision of Epcot to the 90s-ification of Disney, to, mm-hmm. like, the possible future of, like, an IP-based Epcot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's, it follows true. kind of the arc that some yeah. of the other pavilions have had, World of Motion into Test Track. And Journey into um, Imagination, like, the Eric Idle Journey into Imagination. Like, I feel like some of the stuff that Disney did in the 90s, they're like, well, we got to make this contemporary, and they weren't thinking a lot about the fact that it could be there for 20 years like well it starts epcot starts out in a lot more of a dry like this especially yeah. more than anything is like uh a film strip you're watching in school like this is just a video that's supposed to explain something to you and then there's some robots and then they explain more things to you so like they were realizing in the 90s like this is dry as shit like this is like yeah this is this is homework to watch Let's just throw a care a person people love, and then that'll make everything like right. that'll make the medicine go down easier. And, and what network are we thinking about <laughs> acquiring right yeah. now? Uh-huh. And who is their top star? Uh, Tim Allen. He, we've already <laughs> like used every favor Squeezed from him. Every drop uh, out of him. <laughs> Who's Richard? number two or three or four? Um, it would have been great if they got like Richard Carn or something to do. That's true. <laughs> that yeah. would have been like Richard Carn's energy adventure, and then. 2017 yeah. it was still there credit where it's due ellen and bill nye are both in like culturally the relevant cultural yeah they're still around so that has to as be is why. alex trebek as yeah. is alex trebek who appears in the second that's in why ellen's it's probably la- that it lasted so long it's because the kid, those people are still people that people know. Well, there was enough time for Bill Nye, the science guy, to completely disappear from relevance. <laughs> like because I remember going in the mid two thousands and thinking, like, do people have do have any idea who this is? And now he is back He's with back. a Netflix series yeah. and uh, constantly in the news. And yeah, um, yeah, he had enough time he to was, disappear and come back. He was just 
in academia for a while. He was like the v- distinguished visiting professor at Cornell when I went to Ithaca. Like he <laughs> really? was in Whoa. town. Whoa. Uh, uh, My mom is a teacher and got to meet him at a conference or something, and she like it. She lost her mind. Oh my! Like, meeting yeah, my, a beetle for when you're a, a, wow. a teacher mom. My elementary school like fourth grade teacher like loved Bill Nye. We would watch mm-hmm. Bill Nye stuff. She loved science. She loved teaching kids science, and we'd watch Bill Nye like every other day. So like. 1996 like yeah sure he should be in the ride kids loved him and a very I, popular uh, disney uh, uh product uh, yeah time. that's right yeah. disney produced he's uh, currently suing them for right? like uh, uh profits like profit sharing issues that he missed out on, on yeah the, that he uh, missed out on oh yeah. my god wow. i was more of a beekman kid <laughs> I like Beekman more. He was more funny at a rodent sidekick yeah beekman was definitely sassier yeah he was sassier. So yeah, yeah, anyway. I found Beekman like sort of caustic and unpleasant and He was uh, certainly caustic. Broad costumes, the wardrobe, uh, uh yeah, cool yeah. it, guys. Um, I mean, I'll be honest, I have not revisited Beekman in many years. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we'll catch up. I'm sure there is elsewhere on Feral. There's a Beekman's World recap <laughs> podcast. We'll listen to that before we discuss Beekman's Please World. Please invite yeah. me on. Whoever does <laughs> um, the host, whoever does that one. It, it, it is crazy looking at this ride and seeing, like, this hasn't necessarily aged super well, but then, like, looking at stuff from around the same time, like Tower of Terror or Indiana Jones, who it's like, these are still both terrific. And I don't know if that was just a team working on them or, like, that they were totally original creations or, like... Well, because well, the, the 96 redo has to, like, use the bones of the 80s. That's true. So, but it is... what This brings up a point of, like, all the rides, the, almost all the original rides in Disney World and Disneyland, I can see where people were like, this is going to be fun, maybe a little informative, and, like, kids and adults are going to like this. Yeah. And it does kind of boggle my mind that they put this in Epcot and we're like, yeah, this is great. This, like, holds up to all the other stuff we've got in the other park. Like, I get what they were going for, but it's like, wow, what, 45 minutes and most of it's just a film strip? I understand they're, like, big screens. I guess the big screens are bigger, they were thinking. Because I loved Spaceship Earth and I loved World of Motion. Like, the scene where all the, like, fruit carts ran into each other. Like, when (laughs) they were Yeah, there's there's comedy. There's, like, audio-animatronic comedy in the other animatronics, too. Yeah. So I Um, guess they were trying to, with with the update, like, trying to put some, like, you know, personality into the ride. But then but. if you don't if you don't know the history of it, if you don't know that it's like Ellen invading a pre existing ride that was kind of dry, like imagine the tourist last year going into this seeing a 20-year-old, uh, 20 years out of date version of Ellen who takes you into a world of dinosaurs. It just doesn't like you need the context to even understand what you were looking at and why you're going on we, it. We well, I went on it three days before it closed forever. Yeah. And People, there was a man next to us, an older man who fell asleep during it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Lindsay, my girlfriend, started nodding off in the middle of it. I mean, it's you know, it's hot out there, and but still, like, it's such a boring <laughs> experience. It's hard to imagine anybody like truly feeling great about this about this ride, and like, <laughs> uh, like what person walks out of it beaming? Uh, um, and also, uh, I, I found clips last night of. Both Ellen and Bill Nye in the recent past talking a little shit about it. Uh-huh. Like, like Bill Nye makes he doesn't like explicitly insult it, but he says, "And why is this a great ride?" 
air conditioning. <laughs> and then Ellen uh, referred to the ride's removal. She actually talked about it on her show and kind of was side snarking about it. Like, mm-hmm. she, uh, like, hashtag educational. She's making well, little And little she did Ellen a bit asking and... for her animatronic back. Like, since yeah. you closed, which I think is a funny bit. Like, can mm-hmm. I have it yeah. now that you're done with it? Can <laughs> I just have it? Like, I think that's a funny bit. The truth is, it's going to be repurposed for Star Wars Land. <laughs> Ah, like they do that with turns robots. Into yeah. a, um, they just like put like a first order uh, uniform on it, <laughs> <laughs> and then like put sunglasses over. You just don't notice can't it's build Ellen. that many robots that quickly. Garner Holt just can't churn no. out that many animatronics in that small of a time frame. So first order officer Ellen <laughs> will make the command. Ellen, for the, the death trooper. <laughs> if you just kind of melt that skin and stretch it around enough, you can turn it into an Akbar. Fairly sure. easily. Um, <laughs> she could be a Mon Calamari, one of the Mon Calamari race. Sure. <laughs> I uh, I wa- I started to watch like because there's there's a good amount of ride through videos of the Ellen version, uh, and there is not a lot of footage out there of the original version. So I have to give a shout out to Martin's vids, Martin's oh, video. I tribute. found Martin's vid as well. Martin, God it's, bless you, whoever Martin, you are. Like Martin makes these he Martin is this guy who makes these like hour long tribute videos to some rides that are still open, a lot of rides that have closed, and he finds like footage and concept art and like opening day stuff and gets like source audio and makes these like ride through i don't even know what to call it documentaries because they're like really well done they're really well researched and edited and some behind the scenes footage and in this case an an overhead of how this uh this ride works which is like i actually i found that very fascinating watching the the flow of it because you enter a giant theater which splits off into eight different cars which all slowly move around this entire building in sort of a sort of a hover fashion i mean it was like this crazy ballet watching those cars move around in this overhead it's a it's a technical marvel this ride if not a for sure yeah uh, marvel yeah it's uh i i found this video too and there's some pretty good uh, footage of the actual original ride. Yes, um, and he like crowds. He does all this stuff for free. Like he doesn't charge for it. He like crowdsources all of this stuff and then cuts it together in like a coherent narrative and like yeah. talks about the yeah the history a lot and the opening of it and so watch that yeah so watch that uh, and check out there's a horizon discussion. One. <laughs> there's a journey into imagination one like there's all of these ones and they're yeah, like, like that's good this is like we're all half researched and we're just goofing yeah, around this is yeah <laughs> um we have uh, no visuals to show you. Yeah, no. We're gonna do. We're gonna do a lot of descriptions. Like, yeah, it's kind of this thing where if you uh, if you could just mm. see it, it's sort of a. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of a moving. Ah, you just have to see it. But people weren't taking full VHS camcorders to tape a forty-five minute ride through. Yeah. I remember my mom, me like making my mom like tape like. <laughs> I don't know, Mister Toad or something on our video camera, so we could watch it at home. Like as like. We would take these giant video cameras down, and I feel like barely use them and barely watch what we shot when we were down there. But this ride is 45 minutes long, so people just weren't taping it. Would you need yeah. a SLP to fit that yeah, on? I was going to say, yeah, tapes, so. tapes weren't that big. <laughs> You'd have to switch tapes in the middle of the oh, ride. Oh, that's right, yeah. <laughs> uh, the, so the basic the basic like way the ride is, is like the first part of it is like the history of energy and how you know yeah. energy and oil and dinosaurs then you see the dinosaurs and then what's the future of energy and right. it's like petroleum 
Yeah, and I like just some even something like so, uh, uh, a journey through inner space, which was a ride in Disneyland. Mm. The idea was like you're going to be shrunk down. You're going to go see what's happening in an actual uh, molecule and stuff. And yeah. whereas this is just like here's a, we're going to show you. I guess I, there's sort of they might say, well, you go back in time, right? Yeah. We take you back to the days of the yeah. dinosaurs. Here's the dinosaurs while they were living before they uh, turned into bone and muck under the earth. But it we... also doesn't really work because like it's about energy, and now it's yeah. just some dinosaurs. I'm like, I'm really vague on what. Even energy, if, watching two entire ride throughs, shouldn't I sort no. of understand the basic concept of energy? I don't yeah. think I do. I think I, I know less now. I don't now. really either. I know dinosaurs died and they became and oil. They became, Am I wrong? Yes, that's I, right. That's right. Okay. That is right. What? But what, what? Shouldn't we see the dinosaurs melted down on the ride? Shouldn't they like all like the comet hit or something? We see like them melt and decompose and then turn into like oil? Like the end of Raiders? You want to see them like sure. their yes. faces? Do you want to see sense? live version of that footage of the fox decomposing and being eaten by maggots. <laughs> yes. You want that to somehow happen in audio. You want like a living uh, f- a, a dinosaur that can like puff up and then slowly <laughs> deflate and turn to bone. Yes. That actually, that would be an incredible. It would be incredible. Yeah. And then we would grim, see but... what it's like. You would see you know what happens over hundreds and thousands of years. And it would actually make sense because really also these dinosaurs are just repurposed from two other like other rye. Like they were at the World's Fair and then they were at well, the World's Fair ones are still out here. Like I think well, they just copied the. According to Max's vid, I'm pretty sure that some of them <laughs> Martin's, Martin's Finn, whatever <laughs> the hell, some whatever of them. the man's name Maybe was. Some God shout bless him. Shout sorry, so sorry. Uh, uh, that some of them were from that from the World's Fair. I guess my uh, the most interesting thing I thought was that like from the very beginning. Uh, there was always going to be like a solar energy based pavilion and uh, surprise surprise uh, uh, the Epcot plan changed because Exxon's like we'd like to sponsor that but we have some other forms of energy we'd like to talk about in addition to mm-hmm. solar energy is that the history that's, uh, that's I think that's what there, it said uh, in the video there were solar panels though on top and there, of, there has always been solar yeah. panels on and it's powered solar like a little partially it's unclear powered. how much it actually yeah. powers it's possible it's just for which we I would like to talk about in a second the VIP lounge that's also oh, in this ride the VIP lounge it just looks like a <laughs> lobby of a Holiday Inn a 1985 Holiday uh-huh. Inn I guess like we may as well, in it. I guess we'll die, we'll we'll do a quick jaunt here over to the VIP lounge so mm-hmm. all of these different rides in Future World have a VIP lounge for their for the corporate sponsors. sponsors yeah and this one has one that was for the Exxon it's like if you were an Exxon employee and you came to Epcot you were allowed into this lounge. <laughs> But the, as you pointed out, the only perk of being an Exxon executive. Uh, my Yeah, that reminds me of like a, a childhood friend growing up. Her mom worked for FedEx and FedEx sponsored Space Mountain for a while. And I was, feel like there was either. Was there I don't a know if there Space was a Mountain? lounge, but I feel like maybe they got front of the line. Pay, they oh, got yeah. some sort of perk for Space Mountain. Uh, and I, FedEx, there used to be a FedEx diorama as you left Space Mountain. The like astronauts uh, by the exit we used to be delivering FedEx delivering packages. <laughs> yes, through space. yes, yes. Um, um, these corporate. I feel like they don't. Is this maybe why there's so much IP going on in the parks? Because I feel like corporate sponsorships going don't happen a, as much these days. I would. Yeah, that would make sense. I feel like there's less and less. Siemens just said no that they're not going to keep sponsoring Spaceship Earth. Ah, uh, really? Uh, uh, AT and T does not sponsor Indiana Jones anymore. Correct. 
I, I don't think so. I think I think probably I don't see that signage that's up in there. That's sort of going away. I guess Test Track is still Ford, hmm. right? Is it? Uh, or, it's, no, it's just it's, uh, it's Chevrolet. It's Chevrolet, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely like <laughs> Honda. Honda sponsors Autopia at Disneyland right, yes, because oh, they added Osimo. They added Osimo and the bird. <laughs> is the bird called like Birdo? Birdo is from Super. Bird is named Bird. Oh yeah, you might check out the Autopia. Birdo is from Mario Two. Oh okay. Birdo is the egg shooting. Bad guy from uh, our engineer is nodding along. <laughs> yes, that is Birdo. Oh, if that were a thing, if you could avoid Birdo's mouth eggs in uh, the Nintendo World coming to Universal Studios, mm-hmm. uh, that would be, be uh, uh, or uh, painful or ba- a bad idea. Yeah, um, uh, there's a. I found a, w- a website that says who can get into each different uh, pavilion <laughs> in order to v- excuse me VIP, VIP lounge. lounge. So for the Exxon Lounge. Uh, the lounge used to be available only to Exxon employees, but then some of them are available to like the employee of the company that sponsors and like Make a Wish kids. Oh, and then yeah. some of them are still lounges, and then some of them have been converted into just like offices. There's also a few lounges <laughs> scattered about. Like every now and then, it changes. It's like, are you a Chase Sapphire member? Are you an American right. Express card holder? There's a Vacation Club lounge on the top floor of Journey into Imagination now. Hmm. What's uh, in there? Uh, it's the old image works. It's the old, like, oh, really? yeah, but I don't think it's really working. I think it's mostly okay. just outlets to charge your phone and couches. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, uh, that's, uh, that's in high demand at uh, yeah. Disney World. You need that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the G for Horizons, uh, they used to have this, like, kind of secret thing here uh we should put a link to this on the website uh which would just be like if you're a ge employee this way yes we're looking at the old <laughs> ge logo and then three arrows all in 70s beige uh-huh. we'll give that to you to ogle on your own time yeah yeah i know you're dying to see it <laughs> it's funny how epcot was a, when it first opened was a mix of these beautiful vibrant colors but then also some of that 70s beige baby <laughs> like yeah. scattered here and there which i love i mean this r- yeah. the entrance to the universe of energy has this awesome sort of uh gold and red uh, tile tile mural uh, right? yeah, yeah yeah i'd also like to say aesthetically uh I, I thought when when i was watching the ride through i thought from the beginning i was gonna love it like i'd been underrating it this whole time because at mm-hmm. the very beginning the exxon tiger uh runs right at <laughs> yes. you and on five screens by the way it's the widest widescreen you've ever seen a tiger runs right at you it's really cool and scary and i think he's got kind of like 80s uh, old analog video effect trails behind him and then the title universe of energy flies at you and it is like 70s superman it is such a cool opening title it might be like why i love old analog uh, uh video effects so much yeah. i probably like saw this when i was seven and it like freaked the hell out of there's me some so it's it, aste- there's some aesthetically amazing stuff early motion the- graphic stuff that is pretty cool yeah. in the original ride yeah and and that and then some of the music which i guess mm. let's figure like did you were you listening to any of these tracks yeah pull it up yeah all right there's a couple different ones here I mean, this is great. This is like, this is everything you want from a theme park. <laughs> yeah, this is up my alley. There's gonna be a ten minutes here where I just play things off my phone. <laughs> it's sort of a Aria Speedwagon uh, yep. roll with the changes. Here we go. <laughs> The universe of energy. 
See it glow. Boy, that's music see it glow. Theme songs, music so were can... so goddamn earnest yeah, yeah. in the 70s and 80s. And then Can you play the one where the guy yes, makes yes. it sound like he wants to fuck energy? <laughs> yeah, that's this one. This is called Energy You Make the World Go Round. Mm. Uh, and this is a little more melancholy. There's also some... That video we were watching, there's a melancholy acoustic version of it that I could not find. This is like Styx's Lady. Different time, folks. A different time. Lady energy. Energy. (laughs) (laughs) This is fucking. This is when people tune out. This is is like slow jam, kind of. (laughs) Carpenters. I'm. I'm tearing up. Uh. I mean, and then there's another, I found an instrument, we won't play that All for right, now, but there's yeah. an instrumental of just that first song, like, it's real, those are great, those songs are great. Yeah. There's yeah. Some uh, fine aesthetics. Fun. That and song I, would be a wonderful song for, like, the first dance at your wedding, if, if you were named <laughs> Energy, <laughs> if there was a woman named Energy. <laughs> one of the, po- and we'll get to it at the end, but one of the positives, I think, is if, if you're doing a Guardians of the Galaxy, which is very much like retro-y playlist stuff, I think those songs gotta come back. I think there's a decent chance you can, so. you, you can and put those songs back in, and they fit real well in the in the ride. Was there a rumor that the ride could be like a historical journey through old Epcot attractions? <laughs> yes. Did yeah, I imagine that? I think we've talked about that before. Yeah, it's that we're getting ahead of ourselves. But yeah, I, supposedly they're keeping the building the same. They they're ripping everything inside out. But I don't know. They're keeping the building the same, which means maybe, or maybe not ripping everything out. Maybe they're keeping the dinosaurs. But the idea of, which a lot of people roll their eyes at, is that Peter Quill visited Epcot. Peter Quill, of course, the famous Guardians of the Galaxy character, Star-Lord, for those of you who have not seen the film, um, is that he, the narrative of the ride is that he went to Epcot as a child. So that seems to indicate that the ride is going to be very self-referential to Epcot Center itself. So there is people are speculating there's an opportunity to fit all the Epcot nostalgia from the 80s that you could possibly want in this ride, which could either be really terrible or very fun because you get to, like, hear those songs again. You get to put, like, Horizons robots in the ride. Like, you could put everything in there, and then the rest of the park just figment, turns into potentially, IP. Potentially, because figment's figment. not featured too great these days. Yeah. yeah. Um, but does that... I like that. Would the typical audience going who want a Guardians of the Galaxy ride have any idea what the hell is going you, on? I think if you get some Guardians <laughs> animatronics in there and you make the ride go fast, sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just got to spin around in a circle so people get a little dizzy. You hear a talking yeah. raccoon and then they can throw treats for weirdos like us <laughs> yeah, everywhere. In We're in the universe of energy. We got to get out of here. Yeah, what is this robot? A, dra- a purple dragon? <laughs> <laughs> Get out of the way, young Peter Quill. We gotta get out. I gotta get old Peter Quill out of here. That's the other thing. Every every other Epcot thing was like three to five minutes long, and this was forty five minutes long. Like World of Motion, Spaceship Earth, Body Wars. Everything was pretty quick. Like, yeah. and w- in watching the ride throughs of these, I like I stopped paying attention for 
massive stretches oh, of yeah. time. Uh, uh, that's one yeah. thing you can guarantee. The Guardians of the Galaxy ride that replaces it will be like a tenth of the running time of the original. Oh, ride. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I would think so, unless they really want to stay true to the spirit. <laughs> Make it Guardians a 45 minute. Guardians <laughs> fighting to save the galaxy, making a better world for me. Um, there that we go. That probably is happen. it. That's probably that would be what great. will song's happen. going to the top of the charts. So uh, while we're still talking about the original one, can we talk about the promotional Mickey and Goofy Explore the Universe of Energy comic book? Yes, of course. I this I so we were trying to piece this together. Uh, yeah, uh, what, because I think I had this growing up too, and you said it was because they would hand this out, uh, this out outside free. the ride. Yes, mm. they would give you this comic book, like either at the front of the ride or at the exit. And I, I still have a copy somewhere. Like this is probably the first comic book I owned, like as a kid, at like three or four years old, and it is pure propaganda there's a cover where the the mickey and goofy are just pointing at the ride universe of energy presented by exxon it just says that on the front of the comic which oh that's wait i remember the 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 famous that's why i know the exxon tiger oh it's uh, the back from this comic yeah yeah the exxon tiger he's walking down the road there um i liked this comic book a lot as a kid because before there was the internet there weren't a lot of ways to like you know, have a piece of Disney World in your home. It's why those uh, the stockholder annual reports that I think a few of us got uh, yeah, yeah. as kids. It's why like to look at like a really uh, beautiful picture of the theme parks. Uh, uh, it was th- this uh, comic is cool because it has like animated depictions of the ride. Um, but beyond that, it has a lot of uh, weird, scary oil industry yeah, propaganda. One, there's a there's a crossword puzzle, uh, which has a little picture of Mickey and Goofy doing a crossword puzzle, and the crossword puzzle is on a big uh, oil barrel. <laughs> <laughs> like this is so bonkers to look at now. Oh, this and is I, the stuff of Dick Cheney's wet dreams. I would just look at this again and again as a kid, probably before I could read. Would just like look at the pictures, and yeah, I. I felt it a nice way to connect with the park in addition to our monthly Disney magazine the very dry oh yeah uh, oh we, we not talked magazine. about Disney magazine yet I don't know that we slash have Disney news we yeah. got that and Disney adventures when I was a yes. kid so <laughs> Did we you, uh, are the most we're not susceptible to propaganda anyway no. so this oil thing <laughs> so I mean the, the whole thing is like Mickey and Goofy go through the uh ride and uh mickey gives a lot of uh talking points about energy and then goofy (laughs) goofy says like vaudeville jokes (laughs) like goofy makes jokes and i just wrote a note at a certain point that says goofy is a fucking menace in this comment we're not taking our energy crisis seriously what are some sample uh dialogue what's pieces of dialogue do you want to do you want to do a reading of these two panels okay sure uh uh, should i do mickey what do you want to do i can't do a great goofy I can do pretty decent Mickey. I'll do Goofy then. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm re- well, I'm ready for you. I'm, I'm mostly go- my Goofy is mostly just me saying gorsh. <laughs> okay, so Mickey starts here? No, I think Goofy's. Okay, there. great. Permafrost? What's that? Gorsh? Oh. It's a permanently frozen layer of ice and soil that can be thousands of feet deep. Wow, I bet no one has to worry about ice cream melting here. Yuck. <laughs> 
So mm-hmm. that's that's when like about halfway through this comic when I lost my. Uh... Well, there's also like uh, uh, they're talking about how pr- ga- gas prices are going up, and uh, uh, Goofy says, uh, "Gosh, Mick." That scares me a lot. Like the yeah, word this scarce, is the- <laughs> soil's getting scarce. Oh. And- yeah, Goofy, but it will help if we can find new sources of oil in our own country. <laughs> like what? <laughs> this Mickey? is also, this comic acknowledges the 70s gas crisis about like we can't, um, great, and we can always buy oil from foreign countries too. They're riding a camel They're riding in camel. this panel. Well, sometimes we can't depend on other countries since 1973 our foreign oil supply has been cut off twice. <laughs> <laughs> what? This is so crazy. It's crazy. And it also didn't help. The, the website I found this uh, all scanned on uh, scanned it in reverse order. So oh, you had to piece it back together. Piece it back together. Well, also, you're passing by a, a very crucial panel. Oh, yeah. So there is a <laughs> panel where Mickey explains how... Mickey uh, in like a parka yeah, Mickey is pointing a parka up is to a map. A map of Alaska that shows how oil goes from Prudence Bay in northern Alaska to Valdez in southern Alaska. And you might remember Valdez from the uh, being the site of the Exxon Valdez oil spill. <laughs> Only four years Only after four this fun years kids comic. After this was... fun kids comic. Uh, oil be... flows without issue or spillage to Valdez. <laughs> There's no panel where Goofy's like, why are you talking about all this stuff? <laughs> what do you what? What got into you? <laughs> Uh, oh yeah, here, here we go. So, uh, there are. They also talk about other forms of energy. There, there sure are. There's nuclear power. In the future, it can provide endless energy. <laughs> like this nucle- is right around Three Mile Island, too. I think, right? <laughs> uh-huh. Isn't that amazing? We love nuclear nuclear energy. Uh, CEO Rex Tillerson is doing a great job. <laughs> So I mean, it's yeah. truly so perverse. This, comic, this whole thing is perverse. It's, right. it's very perverse. I mean, look, the drawings are great. Um, they are. Do we know who did the art? Who did the art here? I don't know. It, it's funny. That's a whole interesting thing in Disney's history of like the Mickey and Donald and Goofy like comics, which were popular in America because all the stuff with those guys are reasonably popular. But in Europe, like. They're huge, like the Carl Banks and the Don Rosa stuff is like huge, oh, which, and are which like, is why Ducktales has this like extra cult yeah, to it beyond like the show. Adventure, people love adventure those story, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, but like a lot of those guys at the height of their creative uh, uh, peak were not like really given the credit they they were due until like you know many years later, and they were forced to slave away on oil mm-hmm. industry propaganda. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I don't think this comic has any credits in it besides like well, no Walt one wanted Disney to. Productions. Everyone knew what they were doing. <laughs> oh, as um, with as with branded entertainment, right. uh, you don't want your name on it. Walt Disney Productions and a branch called Walt Disney Educational Media Company. Oh man. Ooh, boy. Oof. 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 Walt Disney Educational Media Company can be bought. After you- um, <laughs> uh, elsewhere in this comic, also Mickey. He says, makes a point of saying how coal will be around for a long time. (laughs) Uh, And there's a general sentiment that runs through this comic as well as both iterations of the ride, which is solar power is a great idea. It's it'll be awesome once it's cheaper. That's that's what it's really (laughs) pushing. Like, yeah, someday we'll get to solar energy, but it's just, yeah, you know, it doesn't. 
Look, it's cross <laughs> Also, wind is mentioned in the ride, but they didn't draw it in the comic. And you'd think like giant windmills would be a nice little page of the comic, but like, nope. They... Nah, who cares? <laughs> that's for our children's children, children to worry about. Hard. How are we gonna what if there's no wind? It doesn't work. What is this, Holland? <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> when you I did not I don't recall having this comic as a kid. I mean, I'm sure I went on this. I have no memory also of going on this as a kid because it's obviously why would I remember it? Yeah. Um, but after you read this as a kid, did you suddenly have an urge to pump gas? <laughs> like help mom pump gas or something? Do I, you remember? Only at Exxon. Yeah, only at, I mean, as long as it was at Exxon, uh, we were a Sunoco family. So I don't think we stopped by a lot. We liked, we were mobile. We'd always go to mobile, which eventually oh, was yeah. obviously Exxon mobile. So mobile. Yeah, mobile got a spin at sponsoring our favorite attraction, yeah. the Universe of Energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, well, you know, I guess while unless well anything else on the original iteration of the of the ride because I, while we're talking about the great comedic possibilities that come from the combination of jokes and oil, uh, um, <laughs> D- Disney uh, finally in the '90s went full on comedy and transformed this dry ride, the universe of energy, into Ellen's Energy Adventure. Although it was originally called Ellen's Energy Crisis. Uh, oh on my the, god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. weird, right? Yes. Jesus! And then it was changed almost instantly, like the day it opened, they changed it with no explanation. Um, yeah, they were finally like a little honest about what was <laughs> happening and then, no, 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 Chase, no, it's an adventure, it's fun! Um, I do Ellen's like... Energy Goof About! <laughs> I feel like some, some evil scientist was there opening day and he was like whoa 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 we got to change this this is real this is right there is a then they're like, oh, adventure yeah. <laughs> too hey. real too real no not crisis it's fun Wait. ellen's prescient uh, <laughs> verbiage this opened in 96 and then the episode of her tv show that uh, where her character comes out of the closet and and shortly after she had come out of the closet happened in 97 mm-hmm. just a few so. months after and this was i think I, I i was maybe talking about this when we had uh, mike mitchell here the, the one of the weird things about this ride it is like it is an Ellen who is several Ellens ago. It was before yeah. coming out of the closet, which if you can name anything about the show Ellen besides her coming out of the closet, I'm very impressed. <laughs> like That is like the primary thing that happened on that show. And this ride is like whatever Ellen was in the early 90s. Uh, uh, it is pre-talk show. It's pre-dancing. Pre-dancing. It's yeah. pre-Oscar selfie. Like none of the things we, like she's changed her look entirely. Uh, uh, yeah, it's it's an Ellen. Ellen that is like unrecognizable to the uh, 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 the public at large. Yeah, it's uh, it's it is a weird time capsule for that reason. Like when I saw yeah. when when I was there in August, like I was watching this, and it is like you are there, you are in 1996. There's no there's no this has to be at this time. This is mm-hmm. not timeless at all. <laughs> like no, she the the clothes she's wearing. It's kind of this like 90s wide butterfly collar that makes her look like one of the Roxbury guys. Um, um, she is the third to oh, Farrell yeah, and Catan. Oh, yeah, she's got, like, a suit on at one point, and then she's got the, like, khakis red shirt, like, open blue Oxford, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which I believe is what the animatronic is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, so we've alluded to that. This, like, mostly this was, like, they replaced all of the movies in the ride, but you still go through the Dinosaur Kingdom just like you did in the previous edition. But with one big change, there is an animatronic Ellen 
fighting a big snake monster. <laughs> um, one of the strangest tableaus anywhere in Disney World. And it was there. And I mean, it's still there, probably. Uh, uh, but like uh, up until this year, you could have seen 90s Ellen fighting a snake monster. Although that like... They, I think they have trouble. I think they have to really pay attention with like the presidents when they make a president for the Hall of Presidents. But like other modern celebrities, I feel like they've always struggled with. And this Ellen is not particularly Ellen esque. This mm, robot. Right. Uh, uh, I, I wrote down that she looks kind of like Doctor Zeus, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, sort of big like blonde mop and yeah, like not, white they, pants and a big tunic shirt. Uh, um, the celebrities they had the best uh, luck with in the late. 80s early 90s in terms of animatronics were like Humphrey Bogart and uh, James Cagney because mm-hmm. their faces are a little fucked up <laughs> already <laughs> so it's easier to mold so when the, the robot melts a little bit it's, it adds yeah. to the character <laughs> it adds to the character. You know, yeah like uh, an attractive woman done via audio animatronics is there can, like like they did the witch in the great movie mm-hmm. ride? You I guess can do Judy Garland looks witch, pretty good. Not, yeah, yeah. Judy yeah. Garland, Ingrid Bergman. I guess both fair reasons. Sigourney well. Wiener Weaver. Did I call her Sigourney <laughs> Wiener? <laughs> they messed up Man. the robot. That's yes. if you dress a, a, a dachshund. If you dress a dachshund like Ripley for Halloween, it's a Sigourney Wiener, <laughs> and it's a viral sensation. And it's a hit. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Sigourney oh, Wiener shit. would get uh, the dachshund would get invited on. I'm Ellen. burning off this meme. <laughs> talking about you it. You just gave it away. You I blew all the viral free. dough. Sigourney Wiener would be more popular than this podcast and like anything any of us ever do. I, yeah. <laughs> 10 million Finally likes. have something worth mentioning Wait, on our gravestone. Is that Dachshund dressed like Ripley from Alien? Owner of Sigourney is, Wiener. Is Sigourney wow. Wiener on fucking Dancing with the Stars this season with like <laughs> Sean Spicer and Anthony Sabato <laughs> Jr. Antonio Sabato. What a, fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Man, South Park said some really rude stuff about Sigourney Wiener. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, it's part of the zeitgeist. I understand. Oh yeah, <laughs> they they take on all. Companies. They take they, on they all take sides. Ooh, Nobody's they, safe. Not Caitlyn Jenner, not Sigourney Wiener. Um, uh, anyway. uh, we're, we may be burying the lead in terms of famous people in this ride because I mm. I for we mentioned Alex Trebek shows up. Uh, also. Jamie Lee Curtis, yes. right? As Judy. Wait, yeah, the most, maybe the biggest actress uh, in this, yeah, major actress for a Disney attraction. But doing that thing where it's like a bunch of people are themselves and then one famous actor is playing a character, which yeah. always kind of like drives me nuts. Ellen's mm-hmm. friend, Judy, who, Ellen is watching Jeopardy and she gets bitter about it because her old college snooty friend, Judy, appears and knows everything about energy just because she's a scientist. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know why, she? like, she's so, like, Judy didn't do anything that bad. Like, Judy just happens to be very smart. I yeah. mean, she certainly carries herself in a manner, I understand you might be annoyed a little bit, but Wait, Ellen does, didn't does study even, science. She didn't strike me as being, like, a villainous know-it-all. Not re- not even, not a little bit. No, she looks no. composed. <laughs> And yeah. everyone gets mad at Ellen that. comes off very petty, is what I'm saying. Yeah. And like, yeah, of course she knows. And Ellen also, did- and she's watching her friend on Jeopardy from like the nicest apartment you've yeah. ever seen. Yeah. What's described as a New York loft that is just uh, beautiful. It's a real winner of, of New York property. Like, what do you have to be mad about, Ellen? Yeah, this show <laughs> establishes a universe where Ellen lives in this giant New York loft. Her and Bill Nye are neighbors. Her favorite <laughs> show is Jeopardy. And also, Bill Nye comes over to borrow a bunch of stuff for an experiment. I which need is some like, aluminum foil. And a candle and string. or And it's like, wait, he's a scientist, but he's 
he's not prepared for his latest experiments. <laughs> yeah, there's so, there's some logic flaws. There's yeah, some logic flaws. Well, and they point out like he just walks in the door, and then a separate Ellen pops up outside of the narrative to say, you know, in New York, everybody leaves their doors open. Um, like, uh, why do you have to? You're deconstructing the thing you made that we're watching. Yeah, uh, there's a lot. I think that there's. This this could also this ride could also be just called like Ellen's adventure uh, asides like Ellen's <laughs> constant asides. <laughs> yeah, she takes a she phone call during lot. the it's and then hangs of... up on the person she's talking to. Just like uh, like Bill and I's like you know this this is when the the universe was birthed and she's like oh must have been a big delivery room <laughs> and it's just like constant asides. There's a someday sides. our oil supply might run out, but Ellen's quips never will. Uh-huh. Um, there's a very strange bit in this, like, after you go through the dinosaur scenes, you go into a totally black room with a radio antenna, and there's, like, a bit that's, like, morning drive time news radio, but it's about the destruction and extinction of dinosaurs, (laughs) and Bill Nye chimes in every now and then, but what it really is, it's a pitch black room that they didn't have to dress. Like, it's a set Uh they didn't have to build. Like, all that they needed was just this black room and this one graphic, like, this one like, fake neon projection that's like a radio broadcast tower. And you're listening to Chris Berman uh, and I believe another ESPN anchor. Is that right? Yeah. It is a tie-in to the other recently acquired Disney property, ESPN. Yeah. (laughs) This this is a a theme about, like, uh, uh, like Disney animation, there was kind of a golden age in the late 80s, early 90s, and then it gave way to this very unpleasant, messy time. And and, uh, that's, that's true in the movies, and I think it's true in the parks. And there was a lot of bad shit in the late 90s early 2000s where they're trying to jam abc stuff this is one of them obviously this weird ham-fisted ellen thing like all that when they tried to do when there was the soap opera bistro where you oh, eat on sure. the sets of your favorite soaps <laughs> there was the live who wants to be a millionaire experience that's Any right abc yeah. mashup with the parks was such a boring disaster uh i found out something interesting recently the old stunt show at hollywood studios the lights camera or lights motor action yeah which was a pretty cool show to like doing live car stunts and stuff that was originally pitched as a james bond stunt show and the licensing uh didn't work out i think this came up on i I think i'm probably stealing this from jim bill's show i feel like (laughs) is where i heard it but it's like that would have been awesome if there was a full james bond stunt show Mm-hmm. But they probably still would have bulldozed it to build Star Wars Land. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think at this point. Um, <laughs> huh, crazy. Um, no, they'd rather stick with properties like Grace Under Fire and uh, <laughs> oh, Private <yeah>. Practice. <laughs> Stuff that's in-house already. The Louis Anderson sitcom. Oh, yeah. Was yeah. that on ABC? Maybe. Uh, oh, also, don't forget the uh, uh, truly one of the biggest uh, in the deepest dregs of attractions sounds dangerous with Drew Carey. Oh, yeah. Oh, I remember of course, that. where they yeah, would like, yeah. cut your hair uh-huh. in the dark. Yeah, you you sit in a dark room on. with headphones on and, it, and you feel like you're getting your hair cut. Mm-hmm. Well, that's all I remember about it. It's like maybe there were bees and then you got your hair cut. Yeah, there were yeah. two like good uh, headphone gags they could pull off bees and haircut, which is why there was a brief time where if you went on. The Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln attraction, you'd put on headphones and pretend that you were Abraham Lincoln getting your hair cut. Is that true? Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> For only like a couple <laughs> years. Really? Here, Mr. Lincoln, have a seat. 
We'll, we'll transform the, uh, we'll pan the audio around, I'd imagine, and post on this. So you'll feel like you're getting your haircut. That's insanely messed up because back then getting a shaver a haircut was like taking someone's, like taking your own life at risk. Because like <laughs> well, if you was... got a cut and it got infected, like you might just die from a haircut. Or well, a Barbara was killed. Yeah, you... I mean, they also did dental work too. If Lincoln hadn't been shot, he eventually would have uh, gotten a, <laughs> infected by a haircut. A dirty or, uh, haircut, a, a razor would have sliced his neck. It was going to happen at some point. John Wilkes Booth was just doing the, the how, obvious. How many people died of dirty haircuts? <laughs> I don't know. Was that an epidemic? Tenth of the pop- population every year. Uh, <laughs> Walter uh, passed I, away this summer. <laughs> um, he had a bad haircut. <laughs> Dearest Juliana, <laughs> I'm afraid I will perish soon. <laughs> uh, there's a CGI flyover in this ride too that has not that didn't age well. What's uh, what's up with that? It's either before or after the dinosaurs. It's like soaring over a prehistoric world, and it's oh, very mm-hmm. like Sega Saturn level 3D graphics. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, that said, there's one. Re- I there's a great joke that I I think it's a solid joke in in one of the Jeopardy sequences where like uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is explaining to Alex Trebek like yeah Ellen used to be my college roommate our nickname for her was stupid Ellen <laughs> which I think is like a pretty funny non joke like it's like yeah I don't know I'm amazed that made it in yeah that's kind of nicely mm-hmm. like clever in its non cleverness yeah mm-hmm. uh, um, well so I mean the like. <laughs> Not that you need to know the whole plot, but basically Bill Nye comes over while Ellen is watching Jeopardy. Then she has a dream sequence where she imagines being on Jeopardy and missing all of the questions that are all about energy. Then she goes to see the dinosaurs and goes to see how solar power is not ready yet. And that <laughs> enables her to come back and win Jeopardy at the end. Yes. That's, yeah. uh, what a that tale. Is it? And, and that's... it takes 45 minutes <laughs> to tell. That's how it was pitched, probably. And people <laughs> so, were like, great. Uh, I think it's... Uh, it's on with Jeopardy. I know Alex Trebek will probably let us in the studio. Um, also, we have not mentioned the fact that Michael Richards appears no in lines. this attraction. No lines. Is he Einstein? He's a caveman. He's a caveman. Oh, he's a caveman. Mm-hmm. There's also a wordless Einstein in yeah, the Jeopardy yeah, yeah. sequence. And Ellen Cleghorn, SNL cast member Ellen Cleghorn, has a line. She's like a PA or a producer on Jeopardy at the end. Oh. What, really? I yeah, watched she's it. she's got one it. line. Weird. Huh, yeah. uh, two Ellen's Star energy adventures. Um, <laughs> but the, you're watching. Here's another thing about this ride. You're you're watching. I mean, the first like two three minutes of it are just Ellen talking at you, doing like energy themed stand up, and it is it is bombing. It is eating shit. And like Ellen is funny. Yeah, I, I like Ellen. Ellen's fun. like we're watching her be saddled with this bad material that has been dying every day for two decades at Disney World. There is not a laugh in the entire thing if you watch any of the ride throughs of it until uh, Michael Richards shows up, does kind of a like half-assed Kramer uh, uh, getting, like, burnt by the first discovery of fire, and the audience loses it. Finally a laugh, like, 25 minutes into the whole thing. <laughs> Whoever's awake laughs. <laughs> Hopefully it woke up others who are still asleep. Um, yeah, it, I, I think it goes to show that uh, uh, comedy in theme parks is tough. Even it's if tough. a line is funny once, it will probably not be funny dozens of times, and something as basic and simple as uh, Kramer getting electrocuted it's like all you can do i think comedically in a theme park it's hard to because you have to like 
pitch. You have to hit from 8 to 80, you know? Like, you have to, like, <laughs> yes. try and hit all demographics. And, uh, and lots of people it. who do not speak English. There are, like, people from all That's over the world true. at these yeah. parks. So you can't really be doing kind of, like, you know, f- like, flippant little jokes about uh, 90s coffee shops. Regional <laughs> stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. I did watch... Uh, uh, I watched... Um, one of the other Martin vids of of the ride through for Alien Encounter, which is one of my favorites, and oh, I yeah. would do that at some point. Want to do at some point? Um, but he had the original audio, and and when the alien breaks out of its container, you can hear Disney put in some like you know wild sound of like you know stuff tourists would say, like you know that that you you think like your fellow audience members are yelling out, but it's clearly like on the track. And it like ex- the alien explodes out of the thing, and it's horrifying looking. And someone goes, "What is that? My mother-in-law?" <laughs> oh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, that looks worse than your meatloaf, honey. Yeah, <laughs> that's another '96, '95 attraction. I feel like. I wonder if there were like joke, just joke writers on staff for Imagineering. <laughs> Just your show, show writers. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> they retired. They come into Imagineering one day a week to to say like mother-in-law jokes. Mm-hmm. That's where all of the the Three's Company writers went. All uh-huh. the Ropers writers it was the only only place they could get work for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, energy themed jokes. <laughs> uh, the uh, so yeah. So when you're watching this, like, or when I was watching it earlier, uh, it is again for as far as propaganda. Like, it they're having so much fun. Like talking about oil and offshore drilling, and they're yeah. like, "Did you know that one of these uh, facilities that offshore drills is as tall as a building, like a skyscraper?" Yeah, yeah. It's like, "Wow!" Like, can you believe it? Goofy in the comic and Ellen in the ride fall into the same role about like, "Oh, what about this? Could we do this?" And Mickey and Bill Nye fall into the role of like, "Calm the fuck down. <laughs> we can do it a little, but not not a lot yet. Please, <laughs> okay? How many times do I have to tell you?" <laughs> Look, you're not a serious person, yeah. Ellen <laughs> slash Mickey. Um, <laughs> don't. Uh, I'm a science. Leave it to the experts, okay? Uh, 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 side note: Bill Nye, uh, when he's on these shows now, arguing about uh, climate change, he's not doing a good job. I don't know a lot. I think about he's eviscerating climate. his opponents. <laughs> I think he's devastating them. I think he's eviscerating them. You're you're saying what headlines say, and then I watch the clip and I go, "No, that is not what just happened." I like, say whatever Buzzfeed tells me. Tucker to say. Carlson just talked circles around him and embarrassed him, and I was like, "No, this isn't helping." <laughs> if those two go up against each other, the only way to know who wins is if one of their bow ties starts spinning <laughs> <laughs> and their head shoots up like a rock'em suck'em robot. They're both care. <laughs> Characters get a scientist on that actually has a master's degree in something. The guy's got like a bachelor's degree in engineering or something. Like, come on, why is he? Oh, he's an entertainer. Yeah, I haven't seen enough of them to know, but he convinced uh, many groups of tourists on the daily at Disney World uh, to. Not invest in solar energy. No, I know. That alone <laughs> so should disqualify him. I'm surprised nobody brought that up on one of these night on these uh, Fox News shows that he been goes a good on. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're we're saying though that like people people like there's not a lot of laughs. People aren't really like diehards for this ride. But I started watching like 
uh, one of the videos of like the final ride through of this oh. ride and people were like talking along with the dialogue and that's when I went like oh nope like I can see if I was there I'm sure I would have probably got like caught up in the fun although the last ride of this I think was a walk off right like yes. it stopped in the dinosaurs the last ride ever of, of this ride broke, broke down, down and the in the dinosaurs had to walk off of it but they let people like you know what you're here just take picture don't touch anything but you can take pictures with the dinosaurs like take your time mm-hmm. like the cast members were also like you know into no it one, too yeah no and also no one cares what happens so no the ride. one there was not ultimately a final conclusion to the jeopardy saga yeah and i don't think anyone cared i don't think that the audience was clamoring for the, the ride could have broken every time like uh-huh. the search for energy the story goes on <laughs> Um, there's okay, no truth so conclusion. <laughs> there's no there's no last modern scene where it's like the answer is disgusting lithium ion batteries <laughs> that will be in everything and never biodegrade. <laughs> uh, well, so this this tale has come to an end. Uh, Ellen's energy adventure due to be replaced by Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, a lot of fans uh, don't dig this. This is People feel like this is a big uh, betrayal of the Epcot Center uh, model that to put uh, IP, uh, intellectual property, from the Disney movies into Epcot uh, uh, betrays the original vision of the park. Uh, I don't care because this going to be a good <laughs> new ride, maybe with old Epcot stuff. Uh, I don't know. Do we? Is there anything... To that, we we're, we are losing the uh, educational component of Epcot. Does it matter? No. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, no. I don't think so. I, I think the problem <laughs> is if you're going to make this, people will be mad at us for saying that. But if you're certainly, if I listen to other podcasts, the party line is yes, yes. But this is against the vision, and I like. I love I I love Epcot so much. I love yeah. it aesthetically. I bought, I'm wearing an Epcot right shirt now. right now. I bought a Epcot prop in an auction. I've used the font and the aesthetic and a bunch of things I've done. I still am like as long as some of that aesthetic and vibe is around. Tear, like take all the rides out. Like uh, we need new better. We need new better rides. Um. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, like if they had kept up the original mission of Epcot, like. To make a futuristic, like, bleeding edge, looking to the future park. Mm -hmm. Like, sure, I think I'd be more upset, but you have to be constantly updating it. You have to constantly be racing the future to do that. And at a certain point, they're like, well, the 90s are here, and it's not going to get much better than virtual reality, and your phones (laughs) might get cool soon. Like, that's at a certain point. They were yeah, just like, well, people are little... going to come anyway, mm-hmm. even if we don't just constantly keep updating well, this. There's no acknowledgement of, like, really recently future stuff. Like, if you could, if there was, like, a, a Hyperloop attraction or something yeah. where, like, you, you you go to Mars, there's a, a self-driving car. Attra- if you, like, there's so, there's so many, like, exciting near future things going on and none of it is represented in the park yes because we're talking about like touchscreen phones maybe <laughs> will happen one day yeah so at this point if yeah if you're not going to keep up the future thing let's, there's uh, no exhibit about like the public utilities start transit uh, transferring electricity wirelessly like you don't need power lines anymore like that's a thing that people talk about is that right or, and i didn't know that i it's it's i think it's kind of hypothetical but like the next iphone's 
you can charge on a little mat. You mm-hmm. don't have to plug it in. So, mm-hmm. like, that's a baby step towards that. Very easy to convey piece of technology as opposed to 45 minutes of rambling about energy <laughs> that leaves me more confused <laughs> about what energy is. But also, um, like, do what, like, do what the ride, the best rides do, like Pirates or Haunted Mansion or, like, or the original Figment, like... Give us a robot. Give us a character that we like and a robot that's new. Give us some personality on the thing mm-hmm. and, like, make a fun dark ride. And the thing could last for 50 years. Yes. Like, if you're just presenting it like that, like this, like, yeah, this thing's going to have to go. So, like, this is so dry. Like, mm-hmm. people will people do will not miss this ride. Even, like, the test track. Like, the last time I rode the test track update that, like, it's kind of, like, blue and looks like Tron. And, like, you know, it looks like the obstacles are, like generated out of the computer out of nowhere like i thought that was cool like that looks pretty good sure. like i do think it's crazy though because i saw pictures from like the food and wine festival is going on in epcot right now and it's like oh yeah the wonders of life pavilion is there and they just closed it like there's just they didn't bulldoze it's all there and like they cleared out most of the stuff and they just kind of use it as like event space but it's like that whole Pavilion, did they shut that down after like 9-11 when attendance was like really low? Yeah, Is that, that when that right. happened? But it's like mm-hmm. Body World. I loved Body World as a kid. I loved the thing where you were like, like the brain of a 10-year-old and cranium like a command. cranium, cranium command. command. Like, yeah, well, that had characters. That's my that point. Had characters. Mm-hmm. Characters yeah. and personality. Body World was a thrill something... ride. Body World was like a Star Tours kind of simulator. Like right. that Great was cool. character, Elizabeth Shue, the, uh, <laughs> the uh, microbiologist. Oh, yeah. Directed um, by... Uh... Leonard Nimoy. Leonard Nimoy, yeah. Cover that one at some point, too. Sure. Um, but, uh... But, like, you use care Like, fine, use the Disney characters and, yeah, keep some of the idea of Epcot, but, like... Yeah, like that's better than what we have now. Jesus. <laughs> like I was there in Future World and it is bleak. It is a bleak situation. Like, Just like our future. <laughs> future <laughs> yes, world that's really... is a disaster. Um <laughs> yeah, an utter dis- total disaster. But... <laughs> Infrastructure falling apart, it's all <laughs> laid to waste. I mean the only if we were doing our scale of uh would you plus it up? Would you uh what was it again? Plus it up. We plus, always forget uh, this uh, stupid uh, scale. Uh, <laughs> This. Keep was it? Keep it as keep it's, it, keep, plus right, right. it up, keep plus it, it up, burn it, it down for it the down. insurance money. I'm going burn it down and for the insurance money and build a and whole build new a thing. Yeah. Like right. I'm a little worried that they're not destroying the building. Quite frankly, I think that's a thing. I think people like the rainbow colored building, I and I, I think like, people like yeah. the mural. That's what people seem to be more sad about: the dinosaurs, like the mural, too. and the building. At but, the very least, build a giant like show building behind it. To give us yeah. some more room, to give us some thrills, baby. Let's let's get some fun. Because now, as it is, there's not that much room in there to kind of make a fun. It, it could be a yeah. cool, like slow moving dark ride, which maybe that's what it'll be. Well, but if I, that if yeah, if that thing is the facade that uh, that, that amazing entrance, because I love that. That's a, I'd be sad if that went. I love that old Epcot architecture. Sure. But yeah, you open that up into a much bigger show building. Because like That'd right now, exciting. it's just two theaters and a tiny space for robots. So I would say like the only reason you would. Want to blow it up? Is just so we get more room for robots. More robots. More robots. Will they have robots? You think? Uh, well, they have the rocket. People want robots. People want less screens. More robots. The rocket like, animatronic is one of the best. Oh, it's terrific. Yeah. yeah. He, so I assume they'll make a duplicate of him, a couple of him. I'm hoping for this ride. Robotic versions of all of the bands on the Guardians soundtrack. <laughs> Robotic raspberries. <laughs> 10cc in robot form. Oh, man. If Rocket Raccoon could meet the uh, singing animals from uh, singing food from Kitchen Cabaret, that would oh, be terrific. Wow. Yeah, that would be great. He'd probably eat them. 
He probably would. Look out, Peach Boys. <laughs> there should also <laughs> be a reference for no one. <laughs> this whole show is a reference for no one. Oh, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> hey, if you get most of what we're talking about, tweet at us and say, I get at it. You don't have to say ride. whether yeah. you like it or not. Just uh, yeah, let yeah, us know. Yeah, I, I get, get it. it. Uh, I get it. All right. <laughs> yeah, keep, right. keep rambling, fellas. Um <laughs> Anything else? Uh, uh, yeah, I just I, I like the idea of the Guardians ride. I like it that this will be our little, hopefully, like our little place for nostalgia, and then the rest of them just give us some new cool rides that just loosely tie into imagination or loosely tie into yeah. these original ideas. And I think like you know keep up the because Epcot has like good merch like all the design stuff well, all the original pavilion logo like they really have made an effort to bring back that kind of merch the last few years yeah and, people like that aesthetic you keep some of yeah. that aesthetic around and add some uh bigger better rides and i think mm-hmm. we're i think we're good i think so but we yeah. do we all agree it's a it, i mean hopefully what they're doing to some extent is burning the ride down yeah that's what i'm hoping uh, for but we all Marvel want it money start uh, fresh <laughs> cool yeah. all right well we'll be right back all right, we're back with more Podcast The Ride, and uh, today we're going to introduce a brand new segment that we like to call Animatronic of the Month. Uh, you know, folks, the entire theme park industry runs on the backs of unsung mechanical heroes, the audio animatronics. Audio animatronics are forced to thanklessly perform the same tasks over and over again every day for absolutely no pay, as opposed to the human uh, workforce at theme parks who perform the same tasks over and over every day for <laughs> something kind of resembling pay. Uh, uh, the, the point is, uh, the, the theme parks would crumble without audio animatronics, and today we'd like to shine a light on a random underappreciated robot somewhere in the theme park world what lucky animatronic will be the animatronic of the month uh we're all going to uh, uh, highlight a different animatronic and then uh, you all will get to decide who is animatronic of the month uh so uh so here we go with with my selection my animatronic hails from Pirates of the Caribbean. He's a fella I like to call Striped Shirt Pirate trying to get the key back from the dog. Since 1967, Striped Shirt Pirate has led an unglamorous life, squatting in a dank cell, begging to a high-status canine. His daily duties include whistling, turning his head slightly, and dangling a rope in his hands. Never once in the history of the attraction has this robot glitched out, lassoed a park guest, and yanked them back into the water. His bulbous cheeks suggest a white Dizzy Gillespie, and his striped shirt is timeless enough to be found either on a pirate schooner or at a modern J. Crew. Since he can never escape his seaside jail, today we salute this audio animatronic with a hearty. <laughs> I, I messed it up. I didn't quite get that whistle out. Trying to do the pirate whistle. Wait here, I'll do it without the music. <laughs> There we go. Pretty good. Yeah, that's the whistle that the pirate does in the ride. That's what I was trying to do. Okay, that's my that's my uh, robot. Um, <laughs> fellas, do you have your own robot selection? Yeah, I'll go ahead. Great. My animatronic hails from Splash Mountain at Disneyland, and I'd like to give a hearty well done to the man-sized dog sitting in a spinning robot. Buddy, not only are you large as hell, you also sit perfectly still as that rowboat spins forever and ever. And sure, sometimes I get a bit of a sinister vibe from you. Maybe it was from the time I rode the ride and 
The robot wasn't spinning, so you were just sitting there in the darkest part of the ride, totally motionless. And the fact that you're the size of the man is a little upsetting. Or maybe it's like you remind me of the man in a dog costume from that one shot in The Shining. But whatever it is, that rowboat spinning at a cartoonishly fast speed brings me back to the more innocent, peaceful place uh, that is the Splash Mountain Holler. So keep up the good work, man-sized dogs sitting in a spinning rowboat in Splash Mountain. Thank you. Thank you, Jason. Beautiful. <clears throat> ready? I'm ready, yes. Sure, Ringo Starr, Sheila E., and Max Weinberg are great drummers, but what are they missing? The answer is quite simple. They are not robots, and they are also not stereotypical Italian pizza chefs. My nominee checks all of those boxes. He is Pasquale P. Pipeplate, drummer in Munch's make-believe band, the band that performs at your nearest Chuck E. Cheese. Whether he's making the sauce or providing a steady backbeat, this mustachioed man always delivers. You haven't lived until you've heard him play the skins on one of Chuck E. Cheese's famous songs, like the Bon Jovi parody of Wanted Dead or Alive, titled Wanted Big Pizza Pie. Or the parody of Aerosmith's Janie Got a Gun, titled Kids Are Having Fun. Also, Pasquale is an aspiring comedian. <laughs> Aren't we all? I salute you, Pasquale P. Pie Plate, my nominee for Animatronic of the Month. This time I'll fade it out gently. Ah, that was a relaxing little segment. Very, yeah, I hope you found yeah. it as such, too. Uh, so we've had three nominees here. Let's let's recap. We have Striped Shirt Pirate trying to get the key back from the dog. We've got a man-sized dog sitting in a spinning rowboat from Splash Mountain. And Pasquale P. Pieplate, the drummer for Chuck E. Cheese, or Munch's make-believe band at a Chuck E. Cheese restaurant near you. The last name was news to me. Really? I'm excited to know it. <laughs> Pipeplate, yeah. And <laughs> a quick born into a certain lifestyle with the last name Pipeplate. Uh, background for it, uh, uh, Pasquale was discovered in the kitchen. He was uh, drumming on the pie plates, and Munch found him back there and then put, decided to put him in the band because he, was so, he had such a great <laughs> rhythmic... He joined later, like Joe Walsh joined the Eagles. Mm -hmm. Very yes. It's, <laughs> Not until Pasquale joined did it become a super group. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, um, you know, I feel like I have my winner in mind already, but I don't want to tilt you, the listener. So here's how this is going to work: uh, Go to our Twitter, which is at Podcast The Ride. Uh, we will uh, set up a poll, and uh, you will determine who is the animatronic of the month. Unless, of course, we forget to do any of this by the time this episode <laughs> comes out. Yeah, so, uh, and if we do forget, uh, please yell at us on Twitter, <laughs> and we'll put it up. And then we'll really know someone is listening to the <laughs> show. You forgot the poll. What else am I supposed to do with my day? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was going to weigh all these options through with my uh, significant other. Um, <laughs> we, we nearly broke up in the argument that ensued, <laughs> trying to come to consensus, not realizing we could both vote individually. No, it's the ro it should be the rowboat dog, not the no, dog it's near the, pirate the boat. It's like ubiquitous. It's a classic thing. <laughs> but the other uh, the other one represents the the old South. What uh, is this really heritage. about? What is this really about? <laughs> I haven't been happy in years. Oh, there, there it, it is. There it is. <laughs> um, 
Uh, We're interested in animatronics. It's the only thing keeping us together, and it always has been. If our podcast was the catalyst for your breakup, please <laughs> let us know on Twitter. Another thing to tweet email. us about. Uh, hey, where else can people get a hold of us about uh, things of this nature? Oh, you can email questions, comments, concerns at uh, po- uh, podcasttheride at gmail.com. You sure can. So uh, check out the poll. We'll post pictures of these robots so you remember who they are. Uh, and uh, hey, hey, follow us. Uh, check us out individually at Scott Gardner on Twitter. At Jason Sheridan. And at Fat Carlson, P-H-A-T-C-A-R-L-S-O-N. The only one who did a thing that wasn't uh, just his name. So yeah. with that, you have survived Podcast the Ride, and we'll see you next time. See ya. Bye. Feral Audio.